Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 124 with our guest, Ross Everett. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. And here we are. Thank you for joining us and tuning in to our ongoing series of our time at Podcast Row. This episode you're about to hear actually completes the first round of our time at the first Podcast Row. We've since, since the time of this recording, we've since attended two other Podcast Row events that you can here in the upcoming weeks. But this episode, my goodness, do you like comedy mixed with your personal development? I love comedy. If you followed me for any length of time, you know that I spent uh, 15 years of my professional life in the acting and film world with a focus on comedy. So I have a, a great appreciation for comedians, for writers, for performers, as I am hoping and thinking you might also, especially, like I said, when it's mixed with personal development What do I mean? Well, our guest today is Ross Everett, who I feel like we could have just spoken all day because he's a performer, he's a writer, he's a comedian, and he has a book called Stop Stopping the Unstoppable. It's based on his one-person show that he uh, developed and performs in LA and all across the country. And as he describes it, Stop Stopping the Unstoppable is an act in personal development wrapped in clown, idiocy, and stupidity. Here's the thing. He takes a very comedic and lighthearted look at the world of personal development while still giving it every ounce of respect that it deserves. He's not making fun of it. He's not putting it down. That's what I love about this. He himself is a big student of personal development. And you'll hear the whole story of how and why he took this spin on it to the point that his alter ego, meaning the character that he plays through uh, the book and his one-man performance show, 
is called Dale Thorhammer. First of all, the book is incredibly humorous. If you love comedy, if you love personal development, get yourself a copy of the book. It's called Stop Stopping the Unstoppable. As I've thought about it, Ross is a combination of Tony Robbins, Ricky Gervais, and Stephen Colbert. If all three of them had a child, I think it would be Ross. So with that, enjoy my talk with Dale Thorhammer's alter ego, the real, the admirable Ross Everett. Welcome into the show. I am sitting here face to face with one of my absolute new favorite people. It is Dale Thorhammer's alter ego. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It is Ross Everett, who, um, big fan. Thank you. Big fan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing what, I mean, this is just, uh, let me just set the groundwork here. Um, I'm a fan of comedy. I'm a fan of performance. I'm a fan of personal growth. I'm a fan of creativity. And you embody all of that, really. You know part of my story. I come from that world. I spent years in comedy and performance myself, and I love and respect and admire all of it. Your show, which is now a book, yes, really cool. Thank you. Stop Stopping the Unstoppable. So funny. Um, where in the world? Where in the world do we begin? Let's talk about the show slash book, but in the con- context of the show, stop stopping the unstoppable. What is it? Stop stopping the unstoppable is the the easiest way to say it is it's personal development wrapped in clown idiocy and stupidity. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> it's, it's, I love all of those things. By the way, it's something that that. I was at like a personal development seminar and people are always asking like, what do you do? And my friend was messing with me. He's like, Ross is a transformational comedian. And they're like, Ooh, what's that? And so I was like, I don't know. But in, you know, the brain is a really cool thing in that when you ask it a question, it'll come up with an answer. So I'd started coming up with like all these different things that I could do. And they'd be like, Oh, you must be getting a lot of ideas from this. And then I started to get a bunch of ideas from these personal development seminars. And I had been to clown school in France and, Yeah, that's a whole story into itself. But uh, everyone there was developing these shows for Edinburgh. And they were like, Ross, what's your show going to be? And a friend of mine came with me to one of these personal development things. And he's like, this is your show. He saw me like leading like a legitimate personal development exercise dressed as a, a Charmander. Because I had a onesie that I was wearing and it was a Charmander. And he goes, this is your show. And I was like, you're right. Because no one had been doing personal development in a way that was stupid. Like, it was always very serious. There was always, like, a, uh, I guess Kyle Cease was kind of doing, like, a little bit, but he was still, like, doing these seminars as serious seminars. And I saw this opening where I was like, I could play an idiot character who no one would take seriously. And it would allow them to actually have fun and laugh at or with or whatever it was at this whole world of personal development. But again, I have what I like to call a love-laugh relationship with personal development. So I was like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to like make fun of these ideas because they're good ideas. And actually, initially, 
I, uh, you know, I'm a student of, of Stephen Colbert. Like I, I interned on the Colbert Report back in 2008 and it changed my life. And I was like, well, this is a style of humor that I understand. So I, when I first started writing the show and writing the character, I would be saying the opposite because Colbert would take like the uh, opposing viewpoint, heighten it to a point of absurdity to point out its ridiculousness. So I would be adopting the opposite viewpoint of some of these personal development distinctions, but I felt the resistance from the audience. And this is a good thing just in life, like to be able to sense resistance from someone that you're talking to, someone that you're engaging with, because if you're getting resistance from them, your message isn't getting across. And, and you're, you're just batting heads. So I realized very quickly I needed to shift. And if I was going to keep saying these things that they were resistant to, then they weren't going to be on my side. And as a performer on stage, they need to feel safe. The audience needs to feel safe. They need to feel on your side. So I started finding what this character Dale Thorhammer was, which was good conclusions, but bad logic to get there. And through the bad logic to get to these good conclusions, people would laugh and be like, this is ridiculous, but I kind of understand it. And uh, as opposed to before, where I'd get to like a bad conclusion through good logic, they'd be very resistant to it. Um, so in finding that, that new approach, it almost opened this door to bring this real information through in a very unique and fun way. It's still fun for me. Two years later, I'm still doing this thing and I'm still having a blast with it. This show is, I mean, I, I hesitate to use the word making fun of the personal growth industry because you are a student and now a teacher of it <laughs> and you have great respect for it. So it's a parody, but the frame of this show is, again, brilliant because it makes it enjoyable and accessible to the audience. What really are you... Are, what are the messages that you wind up teaching? Because it's for people who not only love comedy and want to laugh, but who want a personal growth and personal development experience, right? Uh, they can or they it can't. It's so interesting because like, I started doing this show in Adelaide, Australia at the Fringe Festival and people would come up to me and be like, you skewered it. You totally hit the nail on the head. You really took these guys to town. And that wasn't ever my intention. And then people that love this stuff would come and be like, oh my God, that was so funny. Like you totally like got all the messages across and like they, they, they loved it as well. And I'm, I knew I hit something because I was like both people that hate this work and like this work enjoy the show. I don't know how this happens, right? And sometimes it's just best not to ask questions and just to keep going down the golden road. And um, so the message is the, the big be all end all message of the show is love yourself right? That's, I think, the be-all message of life is like, just love, right? And we could be so hard on ourselves. And I noticed myself, this show has evolved so much over the past two years, but I, I remember I, I had this moment where I was so sad and I'd been through all of this personal development work and I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I was really mad and I was sad and people kept being like, cheer up. That's not a good mindset to have. And the pressure on myself to feel good was so immense that it was making me even sadder. It's, I know how to fix this stuff. I know how to get through this. I've invested so much time, money, and energy into like learning how to be the best version of myself. And here I am still experiencing sadness. Like what, what's messed up with that? And then I had a breakthrough for my show and it was just giving myself permission to be in sadness giving myself permission to be exactly where I was, even with all of my learnings, even with all of, like, like all of my trainings that I've been through, saying, you know what, where I am right now is okay. And in that moment, something shifted and I felt freedom, right? And freedom is really something we as human beings 
want. People die for freedom. That They die fighting for freedom, and they choose death over a lack of freedom. So I, I realize like a big message of this show is give yourself the freedom to be you. And if you can have love for you wherever you're at, that's true power. Because that's what we can control. We can only control what's going on inside of our minds, the way that we approach things. And if we're so hard on ourselves, which in a Western society we are, we're an achievement-based society. We always have a next place to be, somewhere bigger to get to, and we're in a rush to get there. But if we could just have like a little bit of love and appreciation for where we are, then everything in the moment is perfect. I want everybody listening to realize that while Ross is a performer and in entertainment, everything you're talking about is accessible and uh, uh, can be implemented for the business person and entrepreneur listening. So I just want to make that clear. Going back to your history in the business, I mean, you spent what probably feels like a lifetime on YouTube, yeah. several successful shows. How many How many viewers and downloads? Oh boy, like 48 million views on, yeah. I, I mean, like I've had a couple of pretty healthy viral videos out there. Right, but what I've read, tell me if I'm not getting this right, you went out to LA, um, not to do this, not to do the things you found yourself doing, certainly no resistance or arguments there from you, but you were looking for somebody to give you the shot? I, I think most people go out to LA being like, I'm going to get an agent, I'm going to get my shot, I'm going to get cast in films. And I had this mindset of like, well, someone's going to see me. Right? Someone's going to see me and they're going to go, you at the airport singing out loud, get over here on my TV show. You know, like we hear these stories about someone went to a bar mitzvah and Steven Spielberg was there and now they're playing Han Solo. Um, that is th cool, but that's also not the story for everybody. And it's kind of a disempowering way to look at a career, right? Choose me, please. Choose me. And when I was a kid, uh, we had a like, family friend who was like uh, an, an entertainment lawyer. And I was like, I want to be an actor. And they said, flat out, you're not good looking enough to be an actor, right? And I was like, well, I'll make stuff and I'll put me in stuff, which is an entrepreneur mindset, right? We're all entrepreneurs in the sense it's like, oh, okay, well, like I don't want to be somebody else's employee. I want to be my own boss. Well, I'll hire me, right? That kind of mindset of I will create something that I want to make. That's entrepreneurship. That's also the, the path that I started going down. That's what YouTube was when it first started. I had ideas for videos. No one's giving me money. I'm going to make it. I'm going to find the resources and make something happen. So that's kind of how that, that whole YouTube thing started. And luckily, I had friends that were also in it. I think a number one thing that people need around them is a community. Like, we... we are a reflection of like the five closest people to us, right? Uh, we create other people and other people can create us. So find friends, find a community that will hold you accountable for what you're up to. And they won't let you off the hook. They will lovingly challenge you to continue to be your best version of yourself. And I, that's the thing that changed my life. You have what um, amounts to tens of millions of views on YouTube. You have a book based on a successful uh, performance that I know is, is just getting started, even though it's been out for a couple of years. You have a long ways to go. On paper, somebody tuning in might say, well, this guy, this guy's got it all. He has nothing to complain about or nothing to fear yet. 
I know the industry and I know that in life and business, what's behind that curtain? Even through that, were there moments of anger, frustration, confusion, fear? Always. Always. And it always stemmed from comparison. Like I have friends that are in this clown performance world as well that would have sold out shows every night. And I would look at my audience and I'd say like, and I'd have to hustle and grind so hard just to like break even on a performance. And it was so frustrating because I was like, why don't people see me? That was like the big thing. Why don't people see the value in this yet? And, um, I, I don't know if I have an answer, but I just kept at it and I kept at it. And and having like the persistence to keep seeing something before other people can is so important. And again, like like having authentic and honest feedback from people around me. And not to say that I'm like out of the woods and like, you know, a millionaire yet, but um like eventually like I just took enough risks and kept putting myself out there enough times and kept, you know, I have this this line in my show. Uh, and I'm going to say the F word because it's part of the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a don't fail forward. Fuck up. You know, so that whole idea of like, you know, it's not about failure. It's like, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to totally screw up. And I had one show where I had four people in the audience. And I I was like peeking through like the back curtain. And I just remember instead of the mindset being like, oh, there's not enough people here. I said, I'm about to find out if I can do this show for four people. I've done this show in stairwells. I've done this show for four people. I've done this show without a microphone. I like, and every single one of those times, it's not like those were the best performances that I've ever done, but I've survived them. And I was like, now I can. And now it becomes like a list of like the, the, how I can persevere, who I am, where I've done this. Those are my battle scars, which is beautiful. So it, it's about adopting that mentality of like, even in the face of what looks to be failure, the lesson on the other side of it is going to be more valuable than a sold out performance ever would be. I couldn't agree more. I, I was just talking about the idea um, a couple of days ago with a friend that any moment we experience in life, if it's giving you resistance, let that go because chances are if you surrender to it and accept it, you're going to find something of value if you just go through it. Yeah. And and it's also the questions that we ask ourselves. I like to say like our brain is like Google. And like if you just let it autocomplete, you're going to get what everybody else has been asking, right? Brilliant. So like if you control your questions, if you control your thoughts, if you consciously choose the questions that you're asking yourself, and the most basic question is, what's a better question to ask right now to feel better, right? It's a very general, all-encompassing, and you will find certain things in your head that just arrive because your brain will give you exactly what you ask of it. So when I start saying like, okay, well, what's good about this, right? I will see a silver lining, even if it's a small thing to start. Everyone teaches this stuff. Tony Robbins, Abraham Hicks, it's all about raising like your vibrational energy or, you know, like it's all hoopla. But at the same time, it's like, I like feeling good. And when I don't feel good, I want to take steps to start to feel better. And even if I could find the joy and the pleasure in the discomfort, then I feel better. I think Tony Robbins says like, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. So if you could find a benefit to your pain, all of a sudden the suffering is gone. Yeah. Looking back on my performance career, I am now self-aware enough to realize that in part or a big part, I was doing that for the external approval to try to make myself feel better. 
not knowing then that it starts within, you know, the few applause or even the sold out crowd or the standing ovation or whatever your version is this in your business. It's not out. It's within. Yeah, it's and I had this amazing breakthrough experience at this one. Uh, I was being facilitated by a friend of mine in a circle. And at this time, I was really just trying to be a stand up comedian. And he looked at me and he was like, I want you to tell this person a joke. And it was just me and one other person. He goes, I want you to tell them a joke. And I told him a joke and it didn't get a laugh. And I went, ooh, and I looked at my friend and my friend gave me a laughter. And he goes, no, 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 nobody, don't look at him. Don't give him this out. Let him feel this. And he says to me, I want you to tell this guy the same joke. But instead of trying to get something from him, I want you to give it to him. I want you to tell him this joke as if you're saying, I love you. So I sat down and I just took an extra moment to just drop in with this person. And I said, um, okay, I'm going to give this person, I told the exact same joke. He just heard it seconds before, but this time tears are streaming down his face and he's crying, laughing. And everyone in this entire room, it becomes such an infectious laughter. Everybody's laughing by it. And I had this realization about if I keep going up on stage, right? If I keep going into my business, expecting to get from others, I'm even if they laugh, I'm going to feel empty afterwards. But if I go up there with the intention to give, that I'm providing a service, that what I'm doing as a comedian is really a gift that I get to give these people, first of all, it's not about me. So I get out of my ego, I get out of, my stage fright goes away because I'm there in service of others. And, uh, and the connection is so much stronger. I say so, that before every show I go on, before I go on stage, I always say, let this go delightfully off the rails. Because that means it becomes a co-creation between me and the audience. And every show is different for that reason. Because the, the audience, your, your customers, your audience is just as much a part of your business, arguably the most important part of your business. And if their experience of whatever I'm providing, of whatever you're providing, isn't a way that resonates with them so deeply that they need to share it, that they need to go and grab other people and say, you need this, then there's improvement for you. There's something there for you to, to get through in order to get that kind of a reaction. You need to look at everything you're doing as a business and entrepreneur, right? Yes. Because it is. You're selling a product and a service and an experience. So all the same rules apply, right? You have to figure that out for yourself to, yeah. to bring the business side I into I hired it. a business coach. Actually, a business coach came to my show and he goes, "I." he's like, you need me. And I was like, I do. Like I was in what, no branding, marketing. That no, 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 branding. I'm fine with marketing. I could do a little bit better with, but it's like, I'm, you know, when you're doing this alone, you get burnt out. Burnout's not good for anybody. If you want longevity, you can't do burnout. Like if there's that hustle grind, I don't like those words because it's like, what happens when you grind your teeth? They go away, right? Like it's not a good thing to do. But if I like the life I want is one on a beach, just kicking back. And I want my money to be making money. And I think that's where everybody wants to go. What we really want coming back to it is freedom. So how do we get to that freedom? And it's like you create a system in which the system can operate without you in it. Like that's what a good business is. If you are an entrepreneur and, and you are the only, if you miss a day and your business falls apart, you don't have a business, you have a job and you have a boss that's crazy, right? So this guy helped me, his name's Chris Wise. He's amazing. Um, he, he helped me put this system in place. And I'm still building out these systems where it's like, how do I create an operating procedure where I can deliver the quality of product over and over and over again, no matter where I am. 
And a lot of that is like, I need to know the pieces. I need to know how the system works and how to execute everywhere I go. So it is a business through and through. How do you create or approach the creative process? When we're talking here, there's obviously uh, an element, an obvious element of creativity because it's performance in the creative arena. But for anybody listening, I, I have conversations about creativity all the time for business owners who stop themselves short and think, nope, not creative, not for me. That's not what I do. How do you put yourself in the creative atmosphere to deliver your best? Well, for me, it's just whatever makes me laugh. And I'm always of the belief that whatever's in front of me is supposed to be in front of me. And again, back to like the question, like the, what, what questions am I asking myself that a lot of people, like when they're doing public speaking, they have their agenda. And if they were to ever stray from their agenda, they would feel really uncomfortable. And, f and I think that whatever shows up is only going to make it better. So it's like, it's, it's a reflection of that belief system. So the creativity comes from the question of, well, how does this fit in? Well, how does this work? Right? What elements of this am I, can benefit what I'm up to? And when you ask those questions, that's creativity. Creativity is just good question asking. What's funny about this? That's how comedians write. What do I find funny about this? What's unique? What's weird? What's scary? What's stupid? That's all comedy is, is just a reflection of these questions that we're coming up with answers to. It's perspectives. So if you feel like you're not creative, you're just asking bad questions. And the first question is, what's another question can I ask here that might give me some creativity? You certainly have a long way to go in our brief conversation prior to going on air. You made it clear that this is just step one of your incredible bigger picture. I'm very excited to uh, to now be able to follow that for you and no doubt see where all that's going to take you, probably in ways that you haven't even envisioned yet. Hopefully in ways that I right? haven't envisioned yet. That's the goal. If you knew right. everything that was going to happen, life would suck. I know. And and I know you're excited. When I was listening to your, your three and five year visions, I'm like, those are amazing and completely accessible. But even to know that on the right path, things will present itself that you aren't even aware of. I will leave you with this final question. Ross Everett, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> I would like to be remembered as someone that kind of changed the entertainment industry, as someone that brought love into an industry that had initially been one of lack, um, that that my projects inspired people to find something within themselves to actualize their dreams. Because I'm a big believer of everything that you want to do in this life, you are supposed to do. Because it would be a very cruel existence to have desires that you didn't have the ability and obligation to fulfill. So if everyone out there that's like listening to this could just feel and know in their heart that everything that you want to do, you're supposed to do, and you can do, and you're going to. Man, absolute pleasure meeting you. Uh, can't wait to ride along and, and follow this. And I, I'm already laughing <laughs> at the book and at you in the best possible way. Thank you kindly. Thank you so much for having me. We are, we are going to talk again and I can't wait to, uh, to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.